on today's special episode of the Dude Grow Show. This is my personal opinion. I, I consider all cannabis use medical. What happens when you're getting searched for booze and you're smoking a joint in front of the cops, it's, it's hilarious. And I looked over, it's John Lennon. Welcome to the Dude Grow Show. Today, guys, we've got a very special guest today. It's one of the biggest cannabis advocates out there continuing to normalize marijuana use and just pushing prohibition down on the daily. Hey, we got a cannabis hero segment. This is, this is my cannabis hero right here, brother. Yes. Welcome, Tommy Chong. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please, please sit down, everybody. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, this is like one of the, the biggest people, probably the biggest person that uh, I've interviewed to get really excited about it. I actually turned 50 uh, a couple days ago. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I noticed, uh, you know, people say, what do you want for your birthday? And when you're young, you wanted everything. You were so excited about it. And I'm like, I don't know, man, nothing really. And so it's hard to get excited the older you get. And uh, I was really excited about this. I jumped out of bed this morning. Really, really oh, excited good. to Thank bullshit you. with Tommy Chong, man. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Nice hey, being I loved. I do have a question right off the bat. First off, I got to thank Rosenbaum. Our boy Gennaro over at Rosenbaum set this up. Thank you so much. Uh, that's awesome. I got a Rosenbaum behind me. I heard you you got a custom one coming. So badass. Yep. I appreciate that setup. But as, as far as, as uh, uh, like, I guess as far as growing older, you're what, 83 now? Yeah. And you, you still smoke. Just give me a little bit of high and healthy. I've been watching you for 40 years, okay? How well, you know, you stay the stoner stereotype and then break it by being, you know, hell, uh, there's so much about you as far as being Tommy Chong back in the day, being that, yeah, man, Dave's not here. And then coming back and being the guy that's in the gym at my age or older, looking badass, the guy that's eating super healthy. And that's a great cannabis advocate. Well, uh, if you... Notice in Up in Smoke, I, I made a point of my character being uh, not only a, 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 a pothead, but a, a, a health addict, you know, like right. he, he, he mixes that health, that power drink in the first scene, you know, with his dad. Yep. And uh, he, we, we cut out scenes of me weightlifting in my room. Uh, there were some pretty funny scenes, you know. Uh, because I wanted to uh, ch change the image of the Chicano lowrider uh, instead of him being a, you know, like a, a drug uh, with a gang member, you know, dope drug dealer with a gun. I wanted him to be a, a musician, a singer with a, with a funny lowrider car and, uh, you know, and, and lovable. And my character, I wanted to show the stoner, uh, the, the, the healthy one, you know, the guy that works out, the guy that eats right, you know, I mean, uh, drink, drinks health drinks. Sure. And the only vice he really has is, uh, well, it, actually, he had a few vices with the pills, but he had, but it was pot, you know. And I just wanted to undemonize pot and undemonize the, uh, the stoner. You know, because, you know, I've been my, my, my hero. There's a he's 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 he died now. He's gone. But his name was Zabel Kazuski. He was a bodybuilder that taught was before Arnold. And, you know, uh, he was a, he was a legend in the bodybuilding world. 
because he was Mr. Clean. He never did any steroids, any drugs at all. The only drug he would do, substance, was pot. And and when he died, he was, I think he was 83 when he died. He, I went to uh, visit him at the gym because he had a job, you know, selling T-shirts. <laughs> that was his only job, you know. But Zabel, now 83, he was in such good shape. There was a gorgeous model waiting for Zabel to get off work <laughs> so she could have a little rendezvous with the, with the chief. <laughs> And so he was my hero. Good man, (laughs) (laughs) he was my hero to this day, and and I've been trying to, you know, live up to, you know, his uh, his standard, and uh, and in doing so, you know, I I've I've got one of the most gorgeous women in the world as a wife, and I owe that because of of how I maintain my my ability, you know, my my looks and my. my my body you know it's 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 in you know for for my age and for any age you know uh and and i all i all 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 my successes to to the fact that uh, you know if you want a beautiful woman you got to look good <laughs> you got to treat them well you got to look good and you got to be able to be pick up the check you know uh, and, and I've, I've been able down, to do man. all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, what, hey, I just ahead. wanted to ask you something about, you're talking about Zabel was his name. Yeah. Zabel. Okay. Cause I remember my mind was blown. Even when I was 10 years old or whatever, watching uh, pumping iron. My brother's a bodybuilder yeah. and we're yeah. watching pumping iron and Arnold just wins. He just crushes the uh, Mr. America contest. I can't remember. Mr. Olympia, whatever it was. He goes, and Mr. Says, Olympia. Uh, he goes, nice try to the incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrigno. He's like, ah, nice try, yeah. Lou. And then he sits back, lays back on the couch and lights a huge fucking joint in, yeah. in, right there. And I was like, holy yeah. shit, man. But, uh, yep. it, you know, dude is super healthy. Bectopia is over here. Super, you know, there's so many examples of folks that smoke weed and then dude goes for a badass mountain bike or a run or I go and, and work out. I smoke a whole joint and go and work out. Yeah, as it's from the beginning of time. I mean, ever since, uh, you know, I mean, cannabis has been around forever. You know, you know, we're, we're just, isn't it funny? America is now just legalizing <laughs> <laughs> but yet it's been used for centuries, eons. You yeah. know, they, would they find that Iceman, uh, 10 million years old with a, a bag of cannabis, uh, you know. It's my luck. I get caught frozen with my <laughs> weed on me, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Tommy, when did, how did cannabis come into your life? When did you first start talking or what was, uh, yeah, how did, that, how did that happen? I was 17 years old. You know, uh, before I, I got into cannabis, I was part of the alcohol uh, generation. Sure. You know, it was right after the war. And, uh, and and that's what everybody did. You know, in Canada, especially Calgary, where I was from, they had uh, special clubs set up like Legion. They're called Legion Halls uh, for returning servicemen. <laughs> and, and they created uh, a drinking uh, beer they're beer parlors oh they still got those yeah i used to have to go to the american legion to a uh, sling quarters every now and again yeah allegedly. yeah and, and that's uh and that, so i you know when i uh, in my early teens 
before before cannabis, it was alcohol. And and luckily, I never liked the taste. I never, I I could never get into. I'd rather have a, a Coca Cola or Seven Up. Uh, you know, tastes better. Sure. Uh, I never, I never liked the taste. Although I, I, I was part of the gang. You know, get a bottle, get get smashed. You know, yeah, and then fight and argue and <laughs> uh, throw up and you know all that good stuff. Um, but I got into uh, blues and jazz, and there was a jazz club in Calgary that if uh, that let musicians in free. You had to bring your axe, you know, your your instrument. But uh, so I used to carry my guitar down to this jazz club, and it was the only club in Calgary that was open late at night. Uh, and it was a private club, so uh, you know there were some very cool people, very good music. And the ba- there was a bass player, and, and the founder of the club he showed up one night, and he handed me a joint, <laughs> a marijuana cigarette. And the uh, Lenny Bruce record, and so I know it was uh, ordained. I'm blown. Yeah, yeah and wow. that joint lasted me a whole month. So, and I would, I would it. take a toke, take a toke, and put it out because, first of all, I wasn't sure of the effect, so I was going to be very careful. I just do a little bit, right? And that that one toke was good. All I needed. Sure, I got In the beginning. I needed that one toke and. Uh, and, and and then that was my secret for uh, even in the band <laughs> we did uh, me and the organ player we never knew that we both had this uh, pot <laughs> love of pot until we met in the alley <laughs> uh, buying pot from the same dealer <laughs> and we looked at each other oh you too you, know, you smoke too huh <laughs> so Aww. that was in 19 uh, <laughs> 57. So they got one. Jesus, hang on. He just said 1957. I have got to know what it was like to smoke weed. Like, what if you, I'm thinking of like, leave it to Beaver and stuff like that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, so I mean, what if you got caught with weed back then? That sounds, it sounds like they throw you in jail and throw away the key. The the police were after anybody, it was the alcohol thing, you see. And everybody, you know, there was a lot of drunk drivers and there's a lot of, underage drinking and there was a lot of brawls and fights and you know the typical alcohol thing and every once in a while we would you know the cops would stop especially uh the teenagers which we were and (laughs) and the thing is calgary is very cold in the winter and snow and so whoever had a car was like the, the 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 neighborhood bus (laughs) <laughs> you know we would cram a very a lot of people into one car the cars were the uh, size of buses back then <laughs> yeah to go to parties and and stuff and every once in a while and when the weed hit uh we get stopped and they'd search the car for booze and we could smoke in front of them and they had no idea what we were doing they thought it was like a, some kind of cigarette in fact right. we, we were at one time they said what and what happens when you're getting searched for booze and you're smoking a joint in front of the cops, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Because, that's a great feeling. Everything bet, the man. cop says, you know, that. you know, it, it makes you laugh, you know? And, and one thing that if you want to piss cops off is to laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. 
And so, so I, I used to do a bit about, you know, uh, being high and being made to, to do the drunk test. And then you could do it so well because you, you had your balance. You could <laughs> right. touch your nose. You could right. walk and sing and do the backwards, you know. So, uh, no, that, that, you know, that's what it was like. I mean, you could go to concerts. I, one time, we were at a concert one time, and I shared a joint with somebody sitting there, and no one blinked an eye. You know, no one noticed it. No one cared. You In know, the 50s? It was all about food. Wow. Hmm? Wow, in the 50s, that's crazy. I would think yep. that it would be uh, such a huge deal. No, 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 they didn't know. Canada was so far behind. Uh, one time in Vancouver, this was in the 60s. Right. Uh, the uh, Four Tops came. And Canada is very racist, uh, you know, I mean, everywhere. And, and, and the pendulum swings both ways. Like, they can, they, they worship at least in Vancouver, uh, thanks to uh, Ike and Tina Turner and James Brown and that, the the, the population worshipped black entertainers, worshipped worship them. You know, that they would pack. Yeah, that is a weird In time, fact, right? I did one, one, one time I did a gig. Uh, I, we had a after-hours club, my, my family and I, and, uh, and they had, there was an empty ballroom above us. And that night, uh, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones were playing there. They were wow. at the low end of their career. They had just came out and they made a little bit of a splash, but the Beatles were dominating everything. And so the Stones really were going around uh, Canada and America playing little venues, little clubs, you know. They were, they were like, you know, they weren't popular, especially in Canada. Now, James Brown, on the other hand, was packed the forum, which was like the big ice skating venue, you know, a couple of thousand, what, 10, 15,000 people. And so after the, the James Brown gig, everybody came to our club, which was an after hours club. And I remember being on stage and you couldn't get another person in the club. It was just jam. Right. We, you know, we, we, our capacity was about, 350 jammed in. We had a license for 75 people, but we could get 350 people in if we jammed them. <laughs> oh, if we could. Uh, I remember being on stage with the James Brown band playing and Ron Woods and uh, I guess it was Charlie Watts. I guess it was a couple of the Stones, but Ron Woods, I, I recognized him. He's waving at the, at the, at the entrance, trying to get in. It looked me, I'm the I'm a Rolling Stone. And my brother had no clue who anybody was, you know. What and was and so my brother gave me the signal, you know, should I let him in? And the place was there was nowhere to put him. And so I had to say, no, there's nowhere to nowhere to go. And so I had the the pleasure of of not letting the Rolling Stones into <laughs> Yeah. I got to ask you, back in the 50s, I mean, we've seen anti-cannabis campaigns today be like, this isn't your dad's weed. Like, it's so much stronger today. How does weed compare back then to today's weed than as far as, you know, concentration? One joint got him high, man, you know, for a month. (laughs) You know, we had electric cars the same time we had gas cars. 
you know, and the electricity back then was so much weaker than it is today. It's all bullshit. <laughs> the weed, the weed has not changed in since the beginning of time. <laughs> you know, it has. It's it, there's nothing you can make it cleaner. Okay, if you want to, you know, like we used to get Mexican weed up, uh, you know, uh, with, with a lot of dirt. A lot of sugar, sure. Uh, sure. you know, to make the weight, and and then when you turned it, you sugar. Oh my god, seeds, <laughs> you had to clean the seeds off. Sure, but the weed itself, no difference, none, 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 none whatsoever. I don't know I about mean, the I, weed. Yeah, you can I'll... say there's more THC. Yeah, right. You can make uh, gummy bears. You know, you can have a gummy bear packed with so much THC that you can't get out of bed. <laughs> you know, I've done that a few times. Uh, <laughs> But but as far as uh, the the first joint I smoked, I told you I had took one toke. That was it for that that sure. night, and I was as high as I, I could as, as I've ever been in my yep. life, and that was back in fifty seven fifty eight. And no no no, you know people say and they, and we had you know back then we had hash, you know uh, it was mostly hash because hash was easier to smuggle from. Uh, from yeah. Vietnam, you know, to uh, to America, you could you could, you could do hash balls in oh, almost anything. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, no, true. no, the weed. The, <laughs> yeah, it's a fallacy, but you know, I mean, it's like the new Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, remember, they tried to get new Coke. Yeah, Coca Cola. Yeah. Everybody revolted. And, and everybody and switched to the, the those corn syrup, and everybody's happy. Think about what Coca Cola was originally. It was cocaine. <laughs> it was delicious. That's why cocaine. they called it Coca Cola. <laughs> it was cocaine. <laughs> and the best part drink. is that if you go to like it the, was very popular. <laughs> and if you listen now, just the way they rewrite history, and this might be a decent segue to rewriting cannabis history, but if you go to the Coca Cola bottling plant, or I'm sorry, the tour, and you go, and this is from cocaine, right? They're like, no, 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 it's not. There was never cocaine. And like, they just will rewrite, just just wash the story <laughs> oh, however yeah, they yeah. want it, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. And yeah. Oh, no, no, Coke was never. Oh, no, no. I, 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 yeah, no. Uh, uh, don't worry, I'll pull out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get... Uh, uh, don't mind me jumping in on this one, Scotty. Your opinion on, I moved to Vancouver from Denver about three years ago. Love in BC. I mean, cannabis culture going from Colorado. I had to go somewhere else. I was going to be able to be immersed in cannabis culture. Sure. I know you're about cannabis accessibility in Canada, recently legalized. Um, I still see what we call the free market being the place to go for great cannabis, at least in British Columbia. But how do you feel about legalization uh, across in Canada, they do it right. How should it? I mean, I don't know how you feel it should be done, but yeah, you got some well, history well, there. Canada, Canada is full of old retired bureaucrats. You know that. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you know, our our police force in Canada used to be uh, lead, uh, retired legionnaires. You know, old guys with a uniform on that would say, "Hey, quit running!" You know, everybody <laughs> yeah, got a lot to do, do that. that. <laughs> you know, and so. And, and 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 like they did with the booze, you know. Canada is very corrupt in, in so many, ways, you know, because it's run by it was run by the Scotch, uh, Scottish, and the English. You know, it was very English, uh, and uh, 
And so they brought Don't all that English the tea party, uh, man. Yeah, it was that the Boston English, tea party. you know, Puritan kind of uh, attitude. For a while, it, I grew up in a, a, a province, Alberta, where everything closed at 1130 Saturday night because uh, church. You know, what happened, the, see, alcohol ruined, almost ruined the church business. And so, <laughs> so, so then they had this uh, church thing, you know, no alcohol on Sunday, sure. blah, blah, blah. And so they had that Puritan. So uh, I grew up in a city where everything shut down 1130. And so all it did was create a black market that was much better. You know, like if you wanted to buy alcohol, you never went to the liquor control board. You know, the only squares did that. <laughs> Sounds so fun. Went, Let's go to the you, liquor you went, control board. Yeah. You, yeah, you went to Chinatown and, and you pulled in the alley and then uh, you had to get by a couple of uh, guard dogs on a chain. But then you would end up carrying as much beer or, you know, as you needed. And, and, and that's the way of life. And so the black market especially with the, with the cannabis was flourishing, you know, it's still flourishing. And, and that's the way it is now. Now with Canada, when they legalized it, they looked at me and says, Oh no, we're not going to let Sean <laughs> capitalize on this, you know? And so they passed a law saying that you can't have celebrity endorsement. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I do have that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't use my name. On my product, but here's the, here's the bottom line: is that there's more people in California than there are in Canada. Yes, <laughs> yes. all of Canada, and so Canada. Eh, okay, never mind. We don't need. I don't need you uh, yeah. to. I don't need to have my place up there. But I'm I'm doing really good with uh, you know just with California. Yeah, we're we're getting we're getting ready to open up. Uh, our first Cheech and Chong dispensaries. Cool. Yeah, we're going to have Cheech and Chong dispensaries all over the world eventually. But you talk about legalization. I I I would really had a lot of hope for uh, America when they went the medical route. Okay. Because I think all cannabis use. This is my personal opinion. I, I consider all cannabis use medical however you use it or why ever for whatever reason you use it. Now, most of my friends, my wife's friends, for sure, they use cannabis to sleep, to help them go to sleep. My mother in law as well. They, they use, uh, you know, they use gummy bears. I got little breast strips, you know, so you don't have to smoke. And, and I got, and I got friends that smoke and they just before to go to bed. In fact, <laughs> this one, I like that one story, this little girl walking by and she smelled the cannabis and she says to her mummy, oh, it smells like bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my mother-in-law uses those edibles and she hints to me big time when she's out of them. She'll just start coming over to the house. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? My wife has a stash. She she stashes some stuff and, and, and everybody's always asking me, you know, yeah. and, and in the meantime, my wife, well, she stashes everything, money, you know, she's like, my mother used to do that. My mother always had money and I had no idea how, but what they would do, they wouldn't spend it, you know, like kids or guys, you know, we, we got money, we're going to spend it. 
they would we didn't have Amazon back them. then. So easy. They, they put it in their pocket. They put it in their purse. Put it. They squirrel it away somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No. Uh, uh, what were we talking about? I forgot. I don't know, man. I was just no. You got it. I was just going to ask about the uh, just when we were talking about cannabis as medicine. Uh, I, I, oh, right. Did remind me of a story. I feel bad. Shout out to nice guy Kenny. He's recovering from COVID. Talked talk, talk to him a couple of days ago, and he was just like, "I don't know if I can take it, man. Just my head hurts so bad." And he just felt terrible. He's like, "My energy is terrible." And I was like, "Do you have any edibles? Just take a, a little bit of edibles, man. It'll give you a little bit of of energy, make you feel a little bit better." He couldn't get them. He's in Florida. Couldn't get them. It's just you know, it's it's. There's a lot of barriers to getting your medical card then going to the dispo to get two milligram edibles, whatever they are. He ended up smoking a single hit of weed. And granted, he's got a, you know, his lungs are you know really messed up. He's got COVID. He called me later, felt so much better. Was just like, man, yeah. I'm able to it's get medicine. up. Man. My, it's such good medicine. It drives me nuts that he can go out and he could probably get Percocet easier, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's a medicine. That's what I'm saying. You know, we had a perfect, and, and I love the fact that you you had to have a doctor's permission to get, get a, a card, a medical card for cannabis. I love that because, you know, people, there's a lot of people that, that you know, I'm not a lot, but there are people that should never do cannabis, you know, because the mental state, you know, sure. it makes you anxious. You know, it, it does, a, it, it can mess you up. Med, med, uh, you know, mentally, you know, you got to be very careful, especially if you're you on mean, other man. medication, you know. Absolutely. And so, so I love the fact that in order to to buy cannabis, you had to have your 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 card, and because just having a doctor look at you is sometimes is all it takes, you know. Especially sure. if you come in, if you come in there naked with uh, with an axe in your hand, you know. <laughs> Then, then you should say, uh, well, no, maybe you shouldn't be smoking, you know. But I do shout out Cohen, what, Cohen, Dr. Cohen, Cohen Medical in Denver, because I want, you know, you go in there, he checks and makes sure you're healthy. And he says to you, do you think can you could use cannabis as medicine or could you benefit from using cannabis as medicine? You say yes and it gives you the thumbs up, you know, checks you out. But I mean, that's what it should be. It shouldn't have yeah. to be, oh, my God, are you dying? Do you have, uh, you know, do, do you have uh, chronic pain? Yeah. No, sometimes yeah. I have a headache. Yeah. Sometimes I can't sleep so good. Sometimes the stomach hurts, you know? I mean, do you, do you even feel like you'd be alive today, Tommy, without cannabis? You've had some serious battles with cancer. Yeah, right. I mean. I, I did. I did. I, I You know, and, and it wasn't the cancer. The cancer was no problem. And, and like a lot of ailments, the disease itself is no problem. It's the painkillers that they give you after mm. or during that you get hooked on, you know, the oxycodone or cotton or whatever they call it. Right. Uh, you know, that that's, uh, you know, when I was in prison, uh, there were more guys in jail for selling, using, doing uh, opioids than, than anything else. You know, there was some pot prisoners in there for sure. And, th and that was ridiculous because it's, it's really a, a racist law, you know, and 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 it it's been used over the centuries. You know, I mean, that's how you conquer a people. You find out what what they really like, what they're addicted to, like food. Yeah, you know, Jesus. <laughs> and and you control the food supply or or the alcohol supply. You know, the the the, the Second World War for sure was fought on alcohol. 
it was just, you know, uh, both sides, you know, like the kamikaze pilots, you know, they'd get them all messed up on sake before they'd uh, let them let them go to their death. Well, were you gonna do that sober? I mean, yeah, I'm not, not sure what up, my man? if I took on <laughs> if, if I was token on some cannabis, I might be second second thinking my suicidal well, flight. <laughs> that's brilliant, though, dude. That is brilliant because if you think about it, that's probably why it's been illegal for so long. I might second guess going to you know might going to school to get my doctorate, okay, and maybe start living my life a little harder, or going to the factory that morning for the ten thousandth day. You know, I might start second guessing that and decide to take a walk that life is too beautiful. Once I smoke this joint, I want to just walk outside. You know, that uh, that's where really I think the difference between alcohol. What do you do? You numb yourself. The pills, you numb yourself and go about your day. You know, they're regimented, however many milligrams so you can still get through your day. Cannabis is quite different. It is. It is. The the other day I thought I was eating a a gummy bear that had... uh, uh, just CBD, but I, I got a hold of one that had THC. I spent the most beautiful night wide awake right. <laughs> with my eyes cut shut, <laughs> just enjoying, enjoying my, my, my mind because it was, it was, it was tripping all over the place. And, and the thing is with me, because I'm a writer, you know, I, I, and I keep my phone near, the bed and uh, when I hear or read a phrase that that resonates you know I'll write it down and then I'll wake up the next morning or or later on that day and I'll uh, I'll uh, oh just a minute let's take it bring it into another question what do you got? Are we, are we were we in the middle of something? I don't know. All right, deal. Were we in the middle of something, Tommy? <laughs> Should we just lead in with another question? We're just having fun. I can't remember what we were talking Thank about. No, God. That's fine. Normally, I'd be uncomfortable about forgetting what the fuck I was talking about. For some reason, I'm at, <laughs> I'm at peace talking to Tommy, man. <laughs> we're, all, we're all in the same boat. I love the dude grow. What is it called? Dude grow? That's dude. the dude right there, man. That's the dude. Dude grow? Dude grows. Yeah. Dude grow show. Yeah, we're dude great friends show. from- I uh, love that name. That's funny. I Actually, love the dude. I love that show, you know, with uh Did Lebowski. Uh, yeah, Lebowski. I love that. Now that was the Cohen brothers, right? Yeah. 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 yeah they were oh I love those man. guys. Oh my god. I want to change gears a little and ask sure. um, are you a grower and not just of cannabis? A grower, I mean, do you grow veggies? Uh, yeah, what are you into? I know growing can be healing for me as a cannabis grower and a veggie grower, it's therapeutic. I'm a, I'm a California grower of uh I, I learned a couple of spanish phrases that really works uh, senor por, por favor a key okay <laughs> and, and that that's all it's that's the kind it's of growing that I come over doing. here no i'm i'm oh, a yeah, lousy boy, boy. Grower. <laughs> i i you know when we were kids i had a um we, we we had a you know our garden that you was had, our food you had to you know you talk about poor we we had a and my dad would rent the the cheapest land which was on a hill <laughs> you know the good land was flat sure the cheap land was on a hill and i i uh i, I was uh, the you know the hired help you know digging and carrying potatoes and that i was the second oldest so my my brother did all the work in that, but as far as growing uh, pot, I I've tried it, I've grown it, I'm 
I'm not good at it. You know, I'm a better musician than I'm a grower. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you have plenty of accessibility. So some people have to grow because they have to grow or they don't have any smoke. But so, no. All right. No, I've I've had as many as uh, 40 plants on my roof. And uh, and I've harvested them and I had a great time with it. But I, I always need professional help, you know. Like like the other day, I, I went on my roof. I haven't been up there. I, I we we had to heat the pool, so we got a, a solar heating up there, where I used to grow all the plants. But I went up there the other day, and I found a, a male plant <laughs> going to seed. <laughs> no one's pulled it out, and I'm uh, I'm letting it go. What the hell? <laughs> oh man, piss your neighbors off if they're growing anything. We have a- yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I live in a very swanky upscale. The house down the street is going for is being sold now for eighty million. Eighty million. Oh eighty I, million. I gotta ask, man, what was the budget for Up and Smoke, man? Just because things have changed so much since then. Less, less than a million. Yeah, there you go. I think I think one eightieth of the house. <laughs> if I remember right, we made it for uh, about seven hundred. Almost eight hundred thousand dollars. Right. Most of that was making the uh, the truck made out of weed. You know how much weed that took, man. All right. <laughs> well, that, was, that, that was that was one of the. We had a great art director. Mm. You know, I wrote all that stuff, but but to see it come to life, you know, have oh, that art man. director uh, put Dude, that character truck together. Wasn't that the coolest band? Oh my! And Stacy Keach, he's like, I always thought of him as a square. He was the weirdest. He was like a lizard dude or something. There was that weird redheaded chick that was like, yeah, man. The characters were great in that movie. I still love watching that when it comes fun. You know that movie. You talk about spirituality. That movie was so ordained because it was it started. I I I was writing another movie. I wrote a movie called Jack and the Weed Stock. That was going to be Cheech and Chong's first movie, (laughs) right? Uh, But when Lou Adler, who ended up directing, heard about it, he uh, his deal was always you know he owned the record company, and so he wasn't going to get financing for our movie. And so he did, and uh, and and Lou's so clever with everything. You know, he he he's one of those guys that makes a lot of money but doesn't spend any. You know, and he he's got a these rich guys. I know they got a way of uh, of spending other people's money. Thing, not only just on a price, but they got a way of if they want something, they end up making money doing it <laughs> so you know it's just a, a a thing with these guys and that's what he did with uh with our movie company he uh got us with paramount and then uh uh yeah then it was just a series of uh of just serendipity kind of moves where people appear like i always uh liked uh, robert altman movies because he would let the actors improv, you know, do do their own lines, write their own scripts and that. And so that was what we did with Up and Smoke. And we got all Robert Altman's men to help Lou Lombardo. <clears throat> he produced it and, and helped, you know, move it along. Right. Uh, I wrote I wrote most of it. 
and uh, and then Cheech added all the Chicano, you know, the Latino stuff. I gotta ask, and, man, is Cheech a real stoner? Because I mean, on Nash Bridges, I ain't believing it, man. Cheech is more of a controlled. He he gets high, but but uh, no, no, he's not a no, he's not a. Well, he is, but he doesn't like to admit it. Got it, <laughs> you know? got it. You know, he, he, he teaches his natural, you know, he was a Jeopardy champion. What? You know, what? Really? Yeah, he was a celebrity Jeopardy champion. He beat Anderson Cooper. <laughs> Anderson was so embarrassed that he got beat by Cheech and Chong. I got to ask Tommy, like you've smoked with a lot of people out there. I'm sure you have some favorite people, some great stories, but give us a celebrity smoking story. Yeah, like, you smoke with something, something good that comes to mind. I know you got a bit of them. Oh, the celebrities? Yeah, you like, already kicked the Rolling Stones out of the club. Come on, <laughs> say, tell me somebody yeah. awesome that yeah. you got high with. Well, when when we first made it uh when we first recorded our our first bit, our first album um lou adler had a party for us and uh, at the party there were the stones mick and and keith and the boys uh there was rod stewart there was john lennon there was uh uh i think ringo was there oh just jack nicholson <laughs> and, oh, he's probably, and, that's uh, probably a good one right there I don't know who I'd pick John Lennon or Ringo just because John Lennon probably just not say shit and just judge me <laughs> no no John, John was good yeah. I, I had a, a a joint you know I carried my, a big smelly uh, Mexican weed you know and, and I had it in my pocket and so I asked Lou I said where can I smoke this he said uh, well, yeah, go in the bedroom. So I went in the bedroom. Well, you know, I, I felt somebody's, I, I, there was someone at the ed, end, end of the bed, but he was on the floor. And I looked over and <laughs> it's John Lennon. Holy shit. <laughs> so I, I, walked, I lit the joint, walked over and, John, would you like a toke? And he says, I don't know, mate. Uh, you know, I'm having trouble with my immigration. Oh, like, shit. I'm, not, I'm not smoking right now. And he was on the floor, and I guess he was maybe on the phone. But I know, I, I, I just remember, it's kind of weird that he's sitting on the floor. And then... Um, he seemed like a weird uh, dude, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the name? Uh, no, uh, so so anyway, I, uh, I I offered John, and he, he said no. And then uh, Rod Stewart walked in. And, <laughs> and Rod's in the, in the mirror, fixing his hair, you know, fluffing his hair up. Jeez. So I offered Rod some, and he said, "No, nah, no, mate, I, you know, my voice got to sing." <laughs> and so I, I felt kind of silly standing there, so I smoking alone. And the joint was <laughs> it was really smelly, you know, one of those really oh, sure. stinky joints. So then I I kind of put it out, and then I was walking out into the main thing in the, in, in the hallway. I, I run into Jack. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Oh shit. He'll smoke with you. He will smoke with no, you. No, I said to Jack. And I said, oh Jack. And I you know how you, you see actors and you you know them. You you watch them so much sure. you know them so well. Like you. Like they you, don't sir. know you. 
<laughs> they don't know you. Yep. And so I said, oh, Jack. Well, hey, Jack. And I said, Jack, you know, you know the movie, that last detail you're in there, there's one scene. I, I was, it just hung me up, man. You're in the mirror and you're combing your hair. Holy shit. And you don't have any hair. <laughs> you got this little short military cut, but you comb your hair for about 10 minutes. I says, did you, was that you, did you write that part or was that uh, uh, written in the script? Nicholson looked at me like, just like I, like he stepped into dog shit or something. <laughs> Excuse me. And <laughs> pushed yeah. me aside and just walked, walked into the bedroom. <laughs> Did he take your joint at least? Just hand take him, take the joint. Says, "Excuse me." <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I was, I was stunned. I was so stunned. You're like, thank you. And so high. See, when you get yeah. high, you do, you do things like that. You know, like, oh, there's, there's so and so. Hey, you know, people do that all to me all the. And that's one of the reasons that I'm, to this day, I'm, I'm very, very civil. And nice to anybody. <laughs> if they recognize me, I, I don't make them feel bad at all. I'll smile and just nod back at them. You know, usually, usually, uh, you know, it's it's a good thing. No, I, I've 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 been so grateful, especially after the cancer scare. You know, yeah. You know, after after you get close to death like that, there, you know, you start realizing, hey, it's a treat being here. You know, I better take advantage of this. I mean, we're, you know, yeah, the cancer scare would be hell. Nine months in prison or jail seems like it'd be pretty fucking scary, too. No, um, not at all. No. First off, did they no. really sentence you on 9-11? Is, is that really true? Exactly. That is yeah. the most yeah. messed up thing. I've they had seen. me in the big courtroom, too. Oh, my they were God. Looking, they were looking for some protest, you know. And oh uh, instead of a protest, there was one guy there uh, outside the courtroom that said free weed. And uh, I, did, I couldn't figure out if he was giving away free weed or if he wanted to free the weed. <laughs> either way, either way, it's okay with me. <laughs> I, I did hear, I did a little bit, I did a tiny bit of research. I was in my grow. I was listening to a couple of interviews. I read your Wikipedia page, man. I went deep. But that bus that happened, we kind of heard about it, you know, second or third hand back in the day. There wasn't a ton of great information, or at least I didn't hear much. But that, I remember Tommy Chong got arrested for selling bongs. And it was so insane when I heard the details of it, when I heard the level that they went to, to entrap you to the point where I think if I remember the story right, they ask you to send bongs to Pennsylvania because that's the only illegal place. Then they send someone to visit your place, accidentally left their bongs there and goes oh shit we can't come back and pick them up we just ship them to us and then they, couldn't, they wouldn't do that and then so they hired a fucking DEA agent to go and, and you, they put one in position in your company and then he yeah. shipped them yeah I mean and That's this it. thing this was an entrapment you didn't uh, I remember when it when was they asked beyond them. entrapment it was entrapment it was uh, you know well first of all it's medicine. We we were shipping, and it was a, a, a device. It's like arresting the people that made syringes because yeah, right. they put heroin in it. You right. know, it's the same thing. You know, oh, you make syringes, okay, let's arrest them. No, it was a it was a George Bush move. 
you know, you know, the Bush League, <laughs> you know, that term, Brown. it was George Bush had no clue of what he was doing. You know, he was the first Donald Trump. And so here we go. Uh, you know, and then they got Ashcroft, this guy, you, you know, Ashcroft. I remember that scary motherfucker. Yeah. Brain dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, all those guys Bush put in there, you know, just like now. You know, the you know we have to clean up the the, the mess. But I, you know, I, I I got a better. I I look at everything in a positive vein. Like for instance, when I went to jail, after after I got over the the shock of knowing that I'm going to jail, I I started looking forward to it because uh, I I had a lot of friends. I'm very connected with prison because when I was a kid in Calgary, uh, we had a extra room that we we rented out originally to students but then i started coming home with these guys that just got out of prison nowhere to stay and they started living at our house and those ex-cons turned out to be the best tenants anybody could ever wish for <laughs> yeah bad they don't want to they, they well, trouble they make they make their bed they clean the room they they they're very polite you know they're they're super nice they'll do anything for you you know, they were the best tenants we ever had, uh, you know, because they were grateful. And then and then my mother provided a lot of services that they never grew up with, like having a mother. So many wow. of them, you know, wow. adopted. I went to one one friend of mine, uh, well, the first singer that I was with, and he was almost like a homeless guy. He was living, he had a house, but the only picture he had up in his hovel <laughs> was a picture of my mother. And so that that showed you how how so so when I went to when I went to prison I had already been it was ordained for sure because I I, I had already heard all the stories you know about uh, about how how to how to cope with prison like you know and you know what I did I, I accidentally found out because <laughs> I was I'm a tango dancer you know and uh, I practice tango wherever I am you know pr practice uh, how do you it's walk the weird, tango man. walk <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna get weird walk. man and so uh, so when I was in prison I think it was the second or third day I went to the basketball court and I, I can't play basketball anymore but I, I I found out that I could practice my tango walk behind the the baskets you know with no problem well, God, you're I'm a celebrity. <laughs> here's a celebrity. Here's a celebrity in jail, uh, and walking weird. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I got a, I got an audience. Well, I'm a comedian, so I, you know, audiences are. Right. I, I, I'm more relaxed with an audience, and so I had a whole group of bikers. You know, they're all sitting there watching me do my tango walk. <laughs> and one of them, of course, he couldn't he be quiet. You know, he goes. Hey, Chong, you don't have to dance alone. Come here, I'll dance with you. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> and so I walked over. I didn't miss a beat. I walked over and I took him in my arms. And I started, because men dance tango all the time with each other. You know, that's how good the dance is. You know, women dance with women. Men dance with men. Because it's, 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 it's an athletic event. It's not like a slow walk walk you know where you're just hugging each other it, you got to know what they're doing she's got to know what you're doing you know right <laughs> so so when i took him in my arms oh man the whole biker 
crowd. Everybody laughed like crazy. Anyway, the guy I took in my arms, he became my dog. He became my, the guy that I hung with. Yeah. His name was Steve Larson. And uh, Steve was this big, burly, wasn't that tall. He was about teachers. He became my cheech. He really did. And uh, we had the most fun in prison. Because I told him, I said, you know, you, he's been in and out of prison all his life. I said, show me how to do time. And he did. And uh, I took a course in, in how to do time in prison. Wow. I literally did from a, an expert. And the first thing you learn how to do or you do is play games. And so we had a game that uh, uh, whatever we, you wouldn't bet anything. The only thing you would bet when you play against each other was uh, push-ups on demand. <laughs> you know, and uh, so, 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 so Steve is teaching me, he goes, uh, okay, uh, let, let's go play pool. He said, you know how to play pool? And I said, uh, yeah, a little bit. I didn't tell him, you know, that I grew up in Canada in a pool room, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and Canadian pool tables are bigger and the pockets are smaller. And so you have to be more accurate. And so it just confuses me on all. Levels. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so Steve's and Steve was a champion pool player in the prison. And so he racked him up. And so he's going to teach me how to play pool. <laughs> anyway, I beat him. Oh, yes. Were they, were they on and to you? He ended up giving he him. He was shocked. He was shocked out of his head. He could not believe it. He <laughs> said, well, let's rack him up. Let's go again. Yeah. Because he was being easy on me. And I said, nope. He goes, what? <laughs> I said, I'm, I got a perfect record. You know? <laughs> and he says, no, you can't do this, man. Come on. I wasn't ready, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. I, I didn't know you could play uh, all that stuff. I said, Steve, give me two. <laughs> he said, what? Two push-ups, Steve. I won 20, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he you had had to get down to do Two push-ups. Well, that later that night, we're walking the track with all the bikers, you know? Right. And I'm telling the bikers what happened. Or Steve's telling the bikers what happened. And he said, that bastard, he won't play me a game. He won't play a game. <laughs> and I'm yeah, laughing. Like said, being Tommy Chong, said, you can actually have a decent time in prison, man. That's no, I, I told him, I said, uh, <clears throat> I said, I'm perfect, I'm 100%. And by the way, Steve, Give me another two. <laughs> he, said, he said, let me do them all. Let me do them all. I said, no, no. I struck good fellas. Remember good fellas? They would just yeah. go in. They would go in when they would just wanted to get away from their wives for a few months. They'd go in, take a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, that, that's what prison is, you know. I mean. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today, Tommy. And thank you to Rosenbaum. You guys make sure you check out uh the boat you got your dollars, signature man. your signature rocket over there at the Rosenbaum. And where else? You got a bunch of things going on. I think you got some flower. Give us some shout outs on how people can find what you got going on. Uh, hey, Tommy Chong is it the, the, the Instagram. What do you call it? Yeah. The Instagram. Hey, Tommy Follow Chong, you, check it out. I got all, everything on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I love it. All right on, man. Tommy, Make thank you. Thank you so much, man. Mad respect. <laughs> Take care, guys. It's just weed.
It's too sweet.